Media Masters with Paul Blanchard. Welcome to Media Masters, a series of one-to-one interviews with people at the top of the media game. Today I'm here at the headquarters of Sky UK and joined by their group chief executive, Jeremy Darrick. Over the last 25 years, he's held senior positions across a range of consumer-focused businesses, including Procter & Gamble and Dixon's. He joined Sky as Chief Financial Officer in 2004 and took on his current role in 2007. With almost 23 million subscribers, Sky is now Europe's biggest entertainment business. Jeremy's recently overseen a massive expansion, which now reaches an audience of over 120 million consumers globally. He was the driving force behind Sky's bigger picture initiatives, including the development of the Team Sky cycling team. And he is also a non-executive director of Burberry, chair of business in the community and an ambassador for WWF. Jeremy, thank you for joining me. Thank you. So, Jeremy, we're now well into Comcast's ownership of Sky uh, after that dramatic bidding war, but it looks like it's business as usual from the outside. Is, is that right? Very much so. It's been a real. I think we've got off to a really good start. Uh, the first sort of six months, I think, is really about getting to know each other. Um, we knew Comcast somewhat before um, before the deal closed, but not not a not a huge amount, and clearly not the level of depth of them owning the business. So, we spent a lot of time getting to know our new colleagues. They've spent time over here. We've been, of course, in uh, in the U.S. And then there's just a lot of sort of procedural stuff you need to go through, and we've got that got that through now. So now I think when we really started um, at the start of 2019, we could really get stuck into the plan. Business is doing well, uh, so we're obviously focused on the day job, making sure that, that, that continues. But I think more importantly is then what can we do together uh, to build an even more successful business. So what is the plan then? What is that new chapter? Well, I think fundamentally it'll be about growth. Uh, you know, how do we take the platform of all of the companies uh, and then and then deliver greater growth in the future? So we have something like 50 million of the world's best, if you like, or most valuable uh, customer relationships across uh, the major top markets in the world. So the, the platform, if you like, the combined business has got uh, is, is really, really interesting and I think gives us a really important starting point to say, how do we do more with that? How can we grow? And then, of course, how do we go further, either into new markets uh, over time to do new things? Uh, we'll certainly be investing more in content, our own originated content at Sky. Uh, we'll be seeking to bring more of our product development pipelines together and, and do more things uh, across the globe quicker, I think, and at greater scale. So the, the, the big ideas are just starting to emerge now. Sky has long been associated with Rupert Murdoch. What was your conversation like with him when, uh, when you all knew that Fox had to bow to Comcast's takeover? Yeah, are, you, was, are you allowed to let us into the uh, yeah, into behind that. the scenes? You know, it's um, I've known Rupert now for many, many years, and he's been an incredible supporter of of, of Sky. Uh, only wanted to see us go on and and, and be more successful, uh, do better and bigger things. I think he's very, very proud of, as he should be, of the footprint that he's he's left at Sky and what he was so fundamental to creating. So it was, um, you know, he he was disappointed, of course, that uh, that uh, the Fox Disney uh, bid didn't prevail. We talked a lot about you know what the business had become and, and 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 went back a little bit to the old days when he set out on this journey and, and just this incredible journey over thirty years. Um, it was the business that almost took him personally to the wall. So we reflected on some of that, and I just told him he should feel incredibly proud of what the business had been. And I think I think he is. Uh, so it was uh, it was uh, it was a little bit nostalgic, reflective, tinged on his part with some sadness. But I think more than anything, you know, he just wants to see the business be more successful. And of course, whether he owns some of it or doesn't own any of it, 
Uh, we all just want to see Sky go from strength to strength. And it's been quite a journey for yourself, of course, with well over a decade. Um, did you not feel it might have been a time to move on? What made you decide to stay? Well, I think the, the, you know, the best years of this business are ahead of it. Uh, and so I think the future looks you know, very bright if we can keep you know, holding true to the things that have got, that have got us here. So there's a lot of big opportunities uh, immediately ahead of us. We've got good growth in all of our markets. We're going to be entering some major new categories. We're just getting going, for example, in the mobile telephony category here in the UK. We're going to be launching uh, fibre to the home, a big broadband business uh, in Italy. Uh, we've got great growth ahead of us in Germany. Um, we want to do more, as I said, on screen and invest more in Sky Originals. They're really starting to scale now very well. So I've watched a, most of them. Oh, it's great. It's, it's great to hear. And, it's, and, and so, it's, you know, it's a fascinating world. And, uh, you know, I'm sort of in it for the work, really, in the business. That's really what, what, uh, what motivates me. And then also, it's, you know, it's important to me that, that, uh, that the business transitions well. You know, I don't – I would hate to see Sky stumble. So I want to make sure that everybody's looked after properly uh, and I can do my bit to, to ensure that this business keeps going forward. And pay TV seems to be an increasingly crowded market, you know, with the threat from streaming opportunity, you might want to call it, in terms of uh, Disney, Amazon, Netflix and so on. It, it, there's a lot of consumer choice now. Very much so. And, you know, at its heart, fundamentally, that is because the markets are all growing. And the pay TV markets in Europe uh, are all typically underpenetrated. So they've all got headroom to grow into. And that's quite unusual in, in a lot of markets in Europe. You know, Europe generally is struggling for economic growth. And many of the markets that we see are pretty much fully penetrated. So if you're going to grow in those markets, you've got, to, you've got to gain market share. You've got to take business away from somebody else. The pay TV market isn't really characterized that way. So there are many of these new services that we're seeing, whether it's Netflix or Amazon, uh, Google, or a, a product like Now TV, our own streaming service. What this is doing is unlocking new pockets of demand. So I think um, the markets will always be competitive. Compet- competition is changing, will continue to change. But fundamentally, these are markets with, which have got headroom to grow into. And so we should expect many people to say, you know, I'd like to be part of that. Yes, because, I mean, at home I have a Sky Dish, so you've got the monopoly of the supply in my satellite TV. But I subscribe to lots of different streaming services, and I don't see it as something that I should just have one. I, you know, I have Netflix, I have Sky, I have Amazon Prime. Like you say, there's an abundance in the marketplace. Correct. And, you know, uh, if you think of your Sky service, we'll use that satellite dish uh, broadly for our live television because it's just a very efficient way to do that. But our own streaming services will plug into the back of your box and we'll be delivering many of our, much of Sky's content you know, on demand. So you'll already be consuming a huge amount of your content through your Sky service, uh, through a streaming platform, that partners well with the, the, the traditional satellite, uh, satellite service. And, and, of course, as we see more build-out of fibre networks, um, we've, we see you know, digital technologies continuing to accelerate. It's never been easier now to get to customers uh, and to provide a service to customers. So I think we'll see uh, people have more services, um, and, and they'll be able to mix and match according to their needs. And speaking as a consumer, I was delighted when my Skybox said that I could now watch Netflix on my SkyQ box. Is that something that you're going to be growing out as well? Might Amazon Prime movies and TV and content be available on there soon? Yeah, my expectation is that we'll do more of that uh, over time. You know, if you one of the great things if you're a Sky customer and you go into your, say, your SkyQ box, you're right, you can get Netflix today, you can get YouTube, uh, you can get uh, Spotify. Um, you can get all of the catch-up services from likes of BBC, ITV, Channel 4 and Channel 5. And so that just makes it very easy for you to watch all of your content you know, from one place. And then the second thing is it makes it easy to navigate around that content. 
Um, one of the things that we hear a lot from customers is that every time they have to switch supplier or switch input, they're in a very different paradigm. And so it's quite complicated sometimes to find a way around all of this content that's available. We can simplify that for customers and just make it easy uh, for them to get to the content they want. And that means we'll partner, I think, over time with more and more people. The two potential frenemies that spring to mind with me would be uh, Disney and Apple. Mm. So, for example, Netflix, it does seem like a really good synergy because they're producing Mm. content for you and they're available across lots of platforms. Apple own their own platform. They own my phone, my iPad, my laptop. And Disney have such a huge, unique, in a sense, Mm. strength of their own content that, you know, that might prove a difficult partnership because they're, they're behemoths in their own right. I think we'll see, and whether it's with Disney or Apple or with others, there'll be times when we compete against people, uh, and then there'll be times that we work with people. And that's always really been the case uh, in, in our history and our development. I mean, you could have said the same thing, and indeed could say, still say the same thing with the likes of the BBC or ITV. At one level, we're competing for eyeballs, for viewers with them. At the other, uh, the other level, we want to work with them closely. If you think of something like the iPlayer, we think how they, we promote their content. Uh, our relationships with ITV would be very similar. So I think in a, in a more sophisticated, bigger market, um, you know, it, it's, it's wrong to think of it at the extreme. You know, we either will compete against people or, be, or we'll work with people. You know, we'll do both, I think. I mean, the TV landscape just seems to be changing and evolving even now hugely. I mean, Line of Duty was the last thing that I actually watched when it was on as broadcast mm. because I, I couldn't then go on Twitter without having seen it because I knew there'd be spoilers. But almost everything else, other than Sky News, which I have on sort of 24-7 in the background, yes. watching television as it's broadcast is not something that I've done for years. The, the, and, and I think the pace of change is actually going to accelerate more than, uh, uh, more than, more than decelerate or stay the same. At one level, it's, that's always been the case. I mean, if I reflect when I joined Sky back in 2004 and think of the industry then and just tr- you take it forward to where it is today, it's changed already enormously, as you say. Um, but I think that will, that will, that will continue. Uh, and generally, I think that's, that's a good thing. It, it means that, that ours is a market that's constantly innovating, uh, if you're a customer, you can constantly expect new things and better things, and I think that's a, that's a, that's a great thing to have. Um, but it also makes it a bit more complicated, and sometimes it makes it a little bit overwhelming for customers. Uh, so alongside that, there's certainly the need for certainty and predictability. Sky News is a very good example of that. You know, it remains the trusted source of impartial news, particularly in the big moments. And we hear this time and time again from, uh, from our viewers who say, you know, you are the trusted source. When something's happening in the world, I'll switch to Sky News. Because what Sky News does is it does the news. Uh, and that's really what people value. So I think inevitably with uh, more technology, uh, with more change, there are more shiny new things. But there's also a place for certainty and not losing sight that for many people, you know, after a hard day's work, they get in at night, they want to switch on the TV and they want to easily get to something that they want to watch. You run a massive global business and, and the job of being the leader of that business must mean you've got a, a, an abundance of things you could focus on mm. in any one week. What do you actually do? What is a typical week for you? What does the, the job of the chief executive of Sky actually do? Yeah, Because everything you choose to focus on in that moment comes at the expense potentially of something else. I mean, I have 30 people, I have a tiny business, but even I feel the burden sure. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. What it must be like for you, I have no idea. Please tell us. Well, I think, look, first of all, I think, you know, the further up the organisation, 
realisation you get, it's always important to remember that your job is to work on the things that you need to work on as perhaps the things that you might like to work on, because broadly you can work on whatever you, whatever you choose. Um, roughly, I, I, would, I would sort of split, split my week probably into a third, a third, a third. Um, uh, about a third of that will be operational stuff, just, just helping run the business, um, uh, helping my colleagues, whether they're in one of the markets in Europe, in Austria or Switzerland or Italy or Germany or here in the UK, um, just, just run the business. And why that's important is because Sky is a very big operational business. You know, we've got a huge footprint now. So you can't let the business get too far away from you. You need to be very tuned into it uh, all the time. And then using my experience, really, more than anything, to to spot patterns, to question when things perhaps are not, not right, to be part of the solutions when, we, when we're moving forward, or to support and celebrate success. You know, I'd say a lot of my job is, is, is to search for success in the business and then celebrate it, because that says if we can do it here, we can do it everywhere. And that can be a very, uh, that can be a very uh, stimulating, motivating thing, I think, for people to hear. Likewise, if stuff's wrong, not working, you know, it's, it's to say we need to fix this and we need to do something about it. So about a third of my time would be taken up in that, uh, in that area. Um, about a third of my time would be um, very externally focused. And that's, you know, really using my position, if you like, to get out into the world and to explore, to be curious, to find out what's going on. And, of course, one of the things that I've learned, particularly in, in our sector now, that on the whole, if I call somebody up, they're going to take my call. And, and so I can use that's, – that's not for me personally. That's, that's my position. So I need to use that for the business to explore and then to, from what I find, to bring that back. To be, uh, in effect, the ambassador. The ambassador, you know, often the scout, the person who's currently going across the horizon to see what's going on and to bring that in to make sense of that. And then typically a third of our time is really spent on what I would describe as the how of the business. So the how is really your organization, people, our brand. So how we go about it. And I think I've often always thought in my career that broadly the business does two things. It's the what, the sort of specifics, but it's also the how we go about that. And I spend about, probably about a third of my time uh, on that. And that could be everything from working very much at sort of the organizational level, at policy, it could be on training and development, or it could just simply be coaching or mentoring somebody uh, and, uh, and helping them through perhaps a, a difficult time or if they're starting a new role, um, just to you know, be able to give them a bit of advice um, and steer them in the right direction as they, as they get embedded in a new role. So broadly, that's, 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 that's what, I, what I do. Now, underneath that, because we're in everything from TV, content creation, all the way through to broadband engineering, there's an enormous breadth of, of, of opportunity and issue that, that uh, you cover. Literally, you can come in the morning and, and start the morning on, I don't know, installing satellite dishes and homes somewhere, all the way through to creating the next drama series uh, for Sky Atlantic. Are you ever at a kind of friend's barbecue on idle summer's afternoon and someone comes up to you and challenges you that their broadband installation has been a couple of days late? Do you ever get that kind of thing? Well, uh, Are you, you're the boss, sort it out type thing? So yes, is that, I mean, fortunately not very often because actually our service is so good and we've, we've, we've worked really, really hard at that. So, so that has changed versus if I, can, if I cast my mind back to, say, 2007, I would get a lot more of those questions. And today, uh, they've largely disappeared. We've been the leader in service provision in our markets, um, you know, every quarter consecutively for four or five years, I think. So that's good. But, but what I will get a lot of is a lot of views of Sky and what we do. 
And I really like that because it, you know, it, it skies a business that everybody sort of who has it has an opinion on. Um, uh, they're they're involved in it. They'll 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 see the good. They'll see the you know, the not so good if they're not very happy about it, and they'll talk about it. So that's actually very helpful because it gives you this enormous echo back just from customers, um, and and you can take that and then match that with what you're hearing from the business. And hopefully those two things are the same, but occasionally there's a bit of a gap, and that's where you need to sort of scratch and find out what's going on. And in terms of self-development, how do you stay you know, on top of your job as well as working in it? You know, you've got to hire the right people and set the right culture. So how do you keep an eye open for uh, you know, high flies in other organizations? I mean, Sky is such a, a technologically driven mm. platform as well. You know, do you often pop over to China or Hong Kong and go to like trade shows to see what the, the future of technology is? Because you've got to have an eye on where things are going to be 10 years from now, because it might be an, an incredible opportunity for Sky or it could be a threat. Exactly. I mean, getting on the road, you know, and exploring what's going on elsewhere in the in the in the world. Uh, you know, listening to trends. I mean, one of the things I do is I'm, I'm a non-executive director of, of of Burberry. If you take fashion, luxury fashion markets generally, then Asia and China in particular are enormously important uh, to those markets. So you get a constant stream of uh, thought and ideas that are coming uh, from there, which I can bring back uh, into into Sky. Just just going out and using the network, you know, talking to people and having time to do that. Quite often, if I'm, if I'm traveling, um, I'll take a day, uh, particularly if, I'm, if perhaps if I'm in a city I've not been into for a while or not been there before, I'll just take a day at the end of that, uh, that trip and just look around. You know, taking the air. Taking the air. Look at, you, you'll, you can learn a lot, I think, by looking at retail, uh, looking at what's actually going on in the high street, um, what's new, what's different that you can see in the UK. Um, and I think just just having that mindset, it can be enormously productive, actually. So I'll so I'll do that. And 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 if you've you know if you've travelled halfway around the world for some business meetings, why wouldn't you take a day to spend a little bit of time seeing what's going on in the sort of zeitgeist of those markets? How important is retaining premium sport in terms of the retention of the customer base? I mean, I have quite a unique view on televised sport insofar as I consider it to be a complete waste of time. I've never mm. watched a game of football on television in my life. What I like, though, as a Sky customer is I don't have to pay for Sky Sports and therefore it doesn't concern me. Mm. But I imagine a lot of people have Sky primarily so that they can access the football. So sports is uh, sports business is a great business. You could pick any of our markets in, uh, in Europe and it's really fantastic, actually. And I think the quality of what we produce, uh, the way that we innovate uh, and, and showcase sports in an entirely different way is, is in my view, unsurpassed anywhere. I'm not and convinced. I, I'm, I'm not going to watch a football match if that's <laughs> so what you're trying I'll, to persuade to, me to I'll do. I'll, I'll have to twist you on. But anyway, the, so, I, so the sports business is a great business, but it is, you know, it's only part of the business today. When I joined Sky, um, almost all of our customers would, would take sport and movies. Today, as a percentage, for example, in the UK, uh, probably a bit less than half would, would would take that because we've grown in so many other areas. So it's a it's a great part of our our business. Uh, it's part of the heritage of Sky and 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 we love it. But it but it's only a proportion of the business now because we deliberately sought to get broader. Um, and you know what? To your point, there's a lot of people in, in households who love sport, but there's a lot of people who don't. Mm. So we've got to develop and have developed new services to convert those people to Sky. 
Uh, and we can do that in a way that complements everything we do uh, with our sports business. Well, what drives me and retains me as a Sky customer is is a lot of the content that you, you generate. Mm. So, for example, you've had huge success at the TV BAFTAs recently with Patrick Melrose. I think for me, it's a bit like going into a cafeteria. I don't have to like everything on op- uh, you know that's on offer. I can pick and choose the things I want. I still like the cafe overall. Yes, co- completely. You know, and I think, you know, I can see it in my own household. You know that, uh, uh, you know, I'm a, you know, I watch a lot of sport. You know, my son Matthew lots of sport. My daughter Emma, you know, is sport. My other daughter Juliet, my wife Rachel, a little bit less so. So, you know, how do we find something for them? And 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 I think that's just a very normal situation of um, any household across across the country. So, investing in whether it's Patrick Melrose or other high quality dramas, whether it's investing in some of the great comedies we've got. Um, these are great ways that we can uh, we can build and extend our business. Sky Arts, for example, is a very very good example of that. Um, that's a channel that we created uh, a number of years ago, and we've invested uh, reasonably significantly in not big in the overall scheme of Sky, but 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 big perhaps in terms of arts programming. Um, and what do we know? We know well there's a relatively small group of, group of people who who want to watch a lot of the arts. There's a lot of people who would like to watch some arts programming, uh, but they tend to be very, very passionate uh, about that. We can serve those customers brilliantly, uh, and they may that may well be the, the reason that they get and stay, and stay with Sky, and you know, that's, that's just fine. And the huge investment in movies that you've made. I mean, as a Sky customer, I often see that you've, you've made a, a film and it's debuting in cinemas and on Sky on the same day. I mean, that would have been unheard of 15, 20 years ago. In the old days, it was at the cinema, then it was on DVD for rental, then you could buy it, and then, then it was on Sky, and then it was on terrestrial TV. Now it seems it's all over the place. You can't predict uh, the, the, the journey that a movie would make. I've seen things debuting on Sky where I thought, isn't that still at the cinema? Yeah, very, very much so. And I think we'll see more and more of that. And that really, that's a reflection today of how people want to live their lives. You know, so the old world of perhaps we were willing to uh, to wait to you know, either see a movie in cinema, then for wait to wait till it went to the retail market, then came into the pay TV world. These things are starting to break down now. So for us, if we can create, uh, go upstream and get movies, you know, to our customers earlier, perhaps at the same time as it's in cinema, we can then just give people a better choice. And they can say, well, I can go out to the cinema with my family, and that's a great experience. Or I can watch it uh, at, at home as well. So I think we'll see more of that. I think we're going to see windowing which we, and, and the way that rights are sold. I think that's going to change quite dramatically over the next, the next few years. But it's really driven by customers and customers' behaviors uh, and, and, and what they want to see and when they want to get access to the content. And who do you see as your competition in terms of, you know, competing for attention, for eyeballs? Because it doesn't necessarily have to be other broadcasters. When I, I've got the Sky app on my phone, but I've also got Netflix, but I've also got The Times, I've got Grand Theft Auto, I've got other things that could pull me away from watching Sky content. Is that, is, is the, the way that, um, you know, technology has changed and the, the increase, increasing reach of YouTube and, and social media where there's lots of other things to pay attention to? Is that an opportunity or is that something that's coming at a, a cost of me spending less? less time watching Sky? So a, a bit of both. Uh, the good news is, is that I think it, it, it sort of varies by, by device, by location, by, by day part. Um, if you look at the core, 
viewing experience and the amount of time people want to consume video and TV, actually that's being very robust. Now we're seeing changes with less of that with, with younger demographics, younger people. Um, the older you get, typically you'll have more traditional viewing, so that, that will stay more the same. But broadly, people's appetite to watch video is, uh, is, is very, very strong. Now, if you go away from that and you think of perhaps out-of-home consumption, uh, on the one hand, we're more able to get a service like Sky to customers outside the house than we've ever been able to uh, before. In fact, I was just looking uh, at the weekend at, at some of the viewing figures for the end of the football season. Uh, and, of course, this has been a season where it's gone right down to the last game. Uh, and our out-of-home home viewing you know, grew enormously because people wanted to get access uh, to the results, you know, to, 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 to clips and goals uh, when they're out and about. So, so that, on the one hand, is an opportunity for us to do more and to get Sky service to you wherever you are. Conversely, though, there will be more people will compete in that space. As you say, it might be you have a choice to read a book or listen to a book or listen to a streaming service, or to read the paper, or just to surf you know, other apps in the, in, the, in the net. So I think we'll see a bit of both uh, that's there. Um, but that's the nature of a vibrant market. Um, the great thing is for us is we've never been more capable to get our content to our customers more easily. Um, Coke used to, I think, used to, used to talk about within the arm's reach of desire was their goal in terms of getting Coke to people. And we're sort of within the button click of desire today. So as, if somebody wants to see Sky, you know, the, you never want them more than one or two press of a button away from that. Now, we've spoken about what a typical week is for you, but uh, my next question is, what's top of your to-do list at the moment? Like, you know, what are the major few things that you want to, to take things to the next stage with? So um, our our expansion is is right up, right up there and, and how we think about... You know, growing in our existing markets and launching some new categories and services, uh, but also potentially going further uh, afield. So into new territories entirely. Potentially into new territories, and we're, we're thinking, of, you know, about that. That's a what's one part of uh, of our of our future plan. Uh, secondly, um, spending a lot of time actually on our originated content business. Uh, we've got uh, real ambitions to scale that over the next the next few years. I think the work that we've done, the team's done. Uh, has been really outstanding so far, but we can take that really to the next to the next level. Uh, spending a lot, lot of time thinking about the future world of technology and how people are going to consume their media and how they'll want to consume their media uh, in the future, and then building that into our product uh, pipelines. Um, spending a lot of time on uh, the broader areas of customer loyalty and service. You know, I think you know right at the heart of a business like Sky is the brand promise uh, and the trust that customers put in our brand. That's one of the strongest things about, about Sky. Normally, if you, would, if you talk to a customer, they'll believe that the service that they'll get from Sky will be reliable, it'll work, it'll be of very high quality. So I spend quite a lot of my time on that. Uh, and then always a lot of time in the organization. A lot of time you know, at the front line talking to people, um, having a cup of coffee, hearing what they're doing, and then a lot of time working, developing people. I, I sort of have a, quite a strong belief that organisations are both teaching and learning institutions, and, and we need to be good at both. We need to learn from the outside world, from each other, but also we need to, we need to teach and coach. And I think one of my jobs as, as, as the leader of the business is to make sure that a lot of my experience and knowledge passes down and through. And if you like, I can help people coming through perhaps get to some of the 
realizations I got to a bit quicker than if they just do it on themselves. So I spent quite a bit of time on that. Yeah, so the benefit of you sharing mistakes that you've made in the past to help your team not make Correct. the same mistakes. Correct. And I you know, that, 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 that alone, I mean, you know, the list of, of mistakes I've made is pretty long <laughs> uh, during the course of a, of a career. And actually, that's that's okay. You know, that's normal. That's part of, you know, the sort of robust nature of, of competition and what we do. Businesses are there to take risks. I mean, if you think of the idea of a business, it is to, it is to, to, to take risks to create a return. Now, that doesn't mean being reckless. It means taking risk in a, you know, in a controlled way, knowing what you're doing. But if, but if you know, we only relied on, on getting it right, you'd never do anything. Uh, and and you never do anything new. You never take a chance. Correct. And business, by its very nature, is entrepreneurial. Exactly. And 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 that's what it. You know, a large part of what it should uh, uh, should focus on. So um, you know, I can have a you know a, a kind of a big role in that. I can I can encourage, support, particularly new ideas. And you know, when we get things wrong, often my job is just to pick people up, you know, dust them off, and send them back on their way, and off we go again. Tell us about some of the initiatives you're involved in out of the business. Like, I get Team Sky; it's it's great. It's also great for brand building, so I can see the commercial imperative. But when you look at something like Ocean Rescue, it seems an incredibly worthy initiative. Um, where did the genesis of that come from? Because it's someone at some point must have said to you, "This is important, and we're now in the business of changing the world for the better." Yeah, I think look, I, my own view is that all businesses, you know, operate in a broader ecosystem. And the idea of, of business being, you, you know, a, a way independent of that, only focused on itself, its its own financial performance, I don't think is right. And I think increasingly, if we look at how the public are thinking about big business, we hear that time and time again. Um, one of the things I do is I chair an organization called Business in the Community. Um, and we've recently done quite a lot of research, actually, on what people, how people perceive big business in particular. And it's very interesting what people will say. They'll say that the environment is very, very important to them, and they want to see they're concerned about the environment, and they want to see business do more. They'll talk about young people a lot, and the idea that business has a role to give the next generation opportunity uh, to get on the career ladder and, and do better. Uh, and they'll talk a lot about showing up. Now, now, when people use the phrase showing up, it's about contributing in your local community. Uh, it's about paying your taxes. It's about you know, being responsible uh, uh, about what you do and seeing that, that bigger picture of where you exist and where you're successful. The final thing they would talk about is, 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 is seeing businesses being willing to work together, not always just work for its own ends, but be able to partner with uh, perhaps competitors uh, on some issues for a greater good. So that that sort of thinking, if you like, which I think is very prevalent today, has really always been part of our view of Sky, that we don't exist in isolation and we want not just to be a successful business, we want to be a good business uh, and we want to contribute to the communities in which we work and we thrive. So that might manifest itself in work on the environment, uh, ocean rescue, uh, and focusing on plastic pollution, pollution in the ocean, single-use plastics in particular, uh, is a core uh, part of that that we're working on today. Prior to that, we uh, worked in the Amazon rainforest to save a billion trees by making them more va- more valuable alive rather than dead. That was incredibly successful. And we've got big focus around our own uh, environmental footprint uh, in the business as a whole. So it could be that. Uh, it could be the work we do in schools, uh, particularly around sport and grassroots sports initiatives and encouraging more people to come into sports. So Team Sky was very much about that. It was this idea of an inspirational journey to create the first British team to win the Tour de France that would let 
that would encourage more families and young people to participate in cycling and get on their bikes for fun and fitness. And if you look across the UK today, you can sort of see that. Uh, it's win-win, isn't it? Because you're doing good, but uh, without being cynical, you're, you're being seen to be doing good as well. Not that that's the primary motivation, but it's clearly good for both, for the yes. people you're helping and for Sky, including raising morale, I imagine, within the organisation itself. Very, very important. You know, whenever we've done uh, an initiative like this, uh, the support that we've had from uh, all of our colleagues and our, and our broader supplier base as well has been, has been really uh, quite exceptional. So only a couple of weeks ago, I was on a volunteering day. We, you know, everybody went out and volunteered in their local community. And I had a chance to, you know, spend some time a day with different colleagues uh, and uh, it was one day, yeah, and we all enjoyed it. We did some good. We got some exercise and some physical activity. Felt that we were doing a little bit to contribute. And, of course, when you, when you, you gather that up across 30-odd thousand people in Sky, and there is a similar uh, program across the whole Comcast organization, the organization as a whole will have volunteered something like 250,000 days of effort. Incredible. Yeah, in local communities, making a difference, and, uh, I mean, why can't you like that? I mean, it's a great thing to do. What's your personal journey? Did you, when you started out in your studies and you are doing your degree, did you always want to, did you think one day I'm going to run a global media behemoth? And what's next for you? Yeah. Uh, so no to, to that. That's so you didn't sure. have Bond I, villain levels no, of never, ambition? No cats, none of that sort of stuff. No. I, um, I, I grew up in a working class community in, uh, in the northeast of, uh, uh, of England. Um, I, saw, I observed a lot of change um, there, um, the mines closing down, uh, a lot of change in, um, in sort of manufacturing, in, in manufacturing and, and, and engineering. Uh, and one of the things that I thought was very sad at the time was, was not so much that those uh, environments and industries had to change, because they did, is that really nothing came behind. Um, and I think for a long period of time that left a shadow uh, there certainly my father's generation and my mum's generation I saw many of my father's friends good men really really uh, uh, good people never really worked again and so I think early on I had this idea of the the, the sort of power of, of free enterprise to create opportunity in communities and that that stuck very uh, very closely with me and and when you removed that when you removed employment and the role that business could play uh, how negative that that could be. So I think my initial drawing to business came from those sorts of uh, sorts of areas. I was my generation was the first generation to go to university, um, and then my first really big break actually was when I joined Procter and Gamble. Uh, and PNG, I you know, is and was a wonderful business. Um, it was a very very responsible business. Thought everything it did uh, when I was there, and I think continues to this day. Always started with consumers and the customers. And it was drilled into me early on to start every every conversation, every idea, you know, with what's the consumer benefit, what does the customer want. That's your north star. And if you keep tacking to that north star, uh, you'll you know you'll do you'll do well. And so um, you know, really, I went you, on from there. Really, what did you join P and G as? What did, what were you doing? Well, I, went, I qualified as an accountant. So my 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 career pathway for many years was was through finance, and I joined. Actually, my first job was a cost accountant at a factory we had at the Tyne Tunnel. And we were actually in the process of closing it. Uh, and and uh, one of the things that we did was we, 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 we worked with many of the guys who worked on the lines. They would, do, uh, they would create additional modules to develop their skills. And I can remember early on having to convince one of my colleagues there that uh, that he needed to be help me with the cost accounts, you know, and this was a, a man probably, you know, he was in his fifties, 
uh, you know, is going to find future, uh, future employment difficult. Uh, and it really, you know, early on, that, that's quite a tough thing to, to, have to, to have to do. And yet he was so voracious for improvement that he was, he was very, very keen to do it and threw himself into it. So I sort of started there, really, and, and, and then it went on, and I worked across many, many categories, worked in Europe for a while. Is this still a while at P&G? So while at P&G, yeah. How long were you there for? I was at P&G for about uh, 13 years. Oh, well, a long time then. Yeah, and I came back. My last job there was I was finance director for the uh, health, healthcare business, broadly outside, outside the U.S., uh, which was a fantastic business. And there we, uh, we grew that business from almost nothing to be a very successful business uh, over time. And, and actually, the only reason I left P&G was my wife's a doctor. And, uh, and one of the quirks of the medical profession is that if you're going to work abroad, you typically have to keep requalifying, um, which is sort of odd if you think about it, because human beings are pretty much the same everywhere the world over. But it's, 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 an, it's elbows, an elbow, an isn't elbow, isn't it? Whatever <laughs> territory you're in. So, um, so we really need to stay in, uh, stay, in the, stay in the UK. I'll be based in the UK. And from there, I joined uh, the Dixon Stores Group became a finance director uh, there, uh, and then from there joined Sky in 2000, 2004. And uh, obviously it's been well over a decade. I mean, tell us about your journey. What have been the learning outcomes along the way in, in terms of your own personal journey? Well, I think, you know, I would stand back and sort of say at the start of your career, you know, you've got sort of total control, if you like, over a very, very narrow area, which doesn't have much impact. I mean, it may have quite big impact in terms of what you do, but if you think of the enterprise as a whole, it's pretty small. And at the end of your career, you almost have zero control and your impact is total. So the skill sets that you require change enormously. Uh, and of course, one of the challenges, I think, for many people is that much of their early success is driven by their direct contribution in areas in which they have control. Uh, and much of their success later in life is about, is about the ability to get success through others, to sort of let go of direct control but to work with colleagues, work more broadly, and work through others. And I think this is one of the big things that people find, find difficult with, is learning to change that skill set uh, over time. But it's the only way you'll ever create capacity. You know, it, it, it would be impossible for me to, to do my job if I wanted to control everything. I, yeah, you I can't, can't present the news and install satellite dishes Correct. and run the call centre. Yeah. So you have to really think very, very differently then about how you're going to influence the business and what your, what your role is. And I think one of the great challenges for many senior people I see is that they're all too busy, but they never want to give anything up. Uh, and actually the smartest ones uh, learn very quickly that actually by reducing perhaps their, their functional responsibility to allow them to have a bigger impact across the business is the way that you can actually achieve more. Because I suppose your biggest influence on the, the organisation is, is setting the overall tone and culture and direction of the business, is it not? Very much so. And I think, you know, having grown up through finance, one of the things that you, um, you realise is that the rule book, actually, you get, bizarrely, you get less and less enamoured by the rule book uh, because you realise of its limitations and that so much more um, of the business is driven by culture. Uh, about the environment, about the idea of doing the right thing, uh, about getting people in the right place uh, and allowing them to apply their judgment against a strong frame of values. So it's only really values here that are the immutable thing. 
Um, uh, uh, they're the things that we say we demand and say we all have to share a common set of, of, of values. But how you show up, you know, your behaviours, as long as they're not getting in the way of somebody else or your own performance, performance you, know, you, you know, be yourself, be your best self uh, at, at, at Sky. So, and that has to start at the top. I mean, it can't start anywhere else, you know, and, and, and I think a lot of what you can do, hopefully, is, is, is live those values, show them to your colleagues, show them to the business. In the tough times, be willing to take those decisions that back them up, uh, and then people will respond to them. Well, someone once said to me a while ago that, yes, the fish does rot from the head, but it can also prosper from the head. If, if organizations are run well, then you, you're almost not thanked for it, because yep. people tend to focus on when th- isolated examples of when things go wrong. Yes, a hundred percent. I think that's the case, and and so often, and often those circumstances, you know, are really when you do your best work. You know, when the when the business is under stress, where something does happen, you know, and then how do you, you know, really then lead and set the example and direct the uh, the business? Uh, you're right. You know, when 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 the business has the wind at its back, you know, and, and momentum, then it's it's never easy, but it's easier. When you're actually, you know, running the business in the hard times, that that's more challenging. Now, professionally, you know, I like that because I think over the course of the of a career, you want to do both. You know, you want to also be able to challenge challenge yourself uh, when things have been tough. And certainly, the journey on Sky is, you know, it's not been easy. You know, there's been times when it's been really challenging, um, but but you know, we've come through that. And uh, and of course, once you come through it. Then you know the next time you face that imposter, as they say, you know you, you know you're just much much better at, uh, at dealing with it. Is there a kind of existential weight of leadership? Because you are running a global business with many thousands of employees. I mean, I, I look at the, the prime ministers we've had recently, and you look at, say, Tony Blair and David Cameron, they seem to thrive on that. They thought this is an opportunity to do it. Whereas Theresa May and Gordon Brown, it seemed to weigh very heavily on their shoulders. They're, but all four of them were doing the same job, but two of them were made miserable by it. Hmm. I think it's always there. You know, the things that, that, that um, you know, I worry about from time to time, you worry about as you worry about... You know, the people at Sky, you know, you worry ever that you might, if you ever let the business down. I mean, these things can, can and at times do, do, do weigh on you, but you can't allow them to consume you. Uh, you know, you have to, uh, you, you know, you have to be able to compartmentalize and deal with those. Uh, one of the great things that my parents actually gave me is that, um, you, you know, from, from our early you know, childhood and through school, I, time and again, you know, they just said, just do your best. And that's really sort of stuck, stuck with me. And I think, Actually, if you just do your best, you know, and you just expect and, and believe that everybody else is just doing the best, um, you know, you'll, you'll be in a good place. So uh, you, there's, there's pressures, of course, there's challenges. At, at times that can be acute, but, you know, you, that is what it is. What's important is we stay focused on the fundamentals. Uh, we stay true to ourselves. You know, we do our best at all time and have a belief that, that you know, we'll succeed, that tomorrow will be better. Uh, that well, if you if you if you can capture that, uh, then you're gonna you're gonna be okay because you'll be able to keep these other things into perspective. Can you tell us a bit more about how you've developed the culture and the working practice here at Sky? I mean, clearly there's a, a Sky ethos. Is how how purposeful, how directed is that? Is some of it um, almost autonomous as well? That's unconscious. Yeah, I think that you know, it, at one level, there's sort of standards, if you like, that we apply across uh, the business. The second is to be. Uh, very, very inclusive, uh, and to try and attract talent from all areas. And then, 
you know, let people be themselves at work, you know, and I think, you know, everybody is at their best when they're their, their best self. So creating an environment, if you like, where people can do their best work uh, is, is, so, is so productive. And then, of course, when people feel that, they'll give more and more of their discretionary time to the business, they'll put more of their effort into the business, and we'll get a benefit as a consequence of that. And then the third thing, I think, would be the, just the physical environment around here. So this, uh, the site we're on today, this is where Sky was set up back in the late 80s, and we've always wanted to stay here because this is where uh, the business was, uh, was, was, was formed. In fact, we mentioned Rupert Murdoch before. Rupert's original office was just, just uh, over our shoulders here. I've been um, here many times and had many fond memories of visiting yeah. Sky. And you've seen it change, no doubt. Very much so. Things. I remember the very first Sky News studio that I was in. I used to do, do that many years ago. But one of the things that, as a sort of someone who's been to this site a few times, is whenever Sky News cover petrol issues yeah. and they say we're now crossing over to a petrol station in West London, it's always the one that's directly yeah. outside your <laughs> studio. Yeah. I think yeah. only if you've been here many times do you know that. That's right. I yeah. was raising an eyebrow. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. We probably created a few more traffic jams at that petrol station than we should have done. But anyway, well, it's good right, for the so. environment. Why would you drive to one fifty miles away when there's literally one on your doorstep? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one of the interesting things around here is um, is is there are stories around the local community because of course they've seen Sky develop and grow. And uh, I had a lovely conversation uh, a few years ago with uh, with a. Uh, a mum, and she talked about how her kids had come down to soccer Saturday and would come and see, you know, various um, footballers or celebrities or stars, and, and had, a, had had sort of grown up with uh, with Sky. So we've invested uh, in all of our sites, particularly this site, to really try and create a brilliant working environment, open, connected, transparent. Uh, we've got incredible facilities here. That glass box studio is like something out of NASA or the future or something. And right at the heart of actually what our biggest business is. And, I, you know, I think that's important. So I want, when people come into Sky, whether it's, it's, it's myself, my colleagues or, or visitors, they see that TV production is right at the beating heart of this, this business. It always was the case. Uh, it is today, and I hope it will be for many, many years to come. I mean, everything in, internally is either directly or indirectly in, under your control. You can set the culture, make sure you hire the right people, and so on and so forth. But there are, you know, events, dear boy, as they, as they say, the externalities. You don't know whether the regulator's going to get in your way or your competitors are going to launch something that they've been hiding from you. D- to what extent is things outside of Sky weighing on your mind? So, uh, not overly, I don't think. I, you know, generally... Um, because you can only control the things you can control. And, of course, if you do the right things and you go about things in the right way, and we do, then that's the best way to manage, you know, risks for regulation or law change or all of that stuff. So I think you've got to go upstream to deal with that. Um, I, but occasionally that happens, of course. Um, I think a couple of things are important. First of all is not to confuse when things go wrong with somebody's made a mistake. I mean, sometimes stuff just goes wrong or a regulator takes a decision. You may not agree with it. It is what it is. It's very important in those moments just to keep it into perspective uh, and, to, and to, keep moving, uh, to keep moving forward. Now, conversely, you know, it's also, I often say, you know, you don't have to be sick to get better. <laughs> so actually, improvement uh, can start from a very high standard. Uh, and at Sky, you know, we believe in better here. Um, we're always focused on how we can keep improving. And so I think if you can create a culture that's based around that, first of all, I think you, you, you're putting yourself in the best place for more things to be going your way. And that's actually the best shield when, when, when things go wrong or come at you. 
um, and you've created you know the momentum to carry the business through. So yeah, our business is a you know it's a it's a huge mix of different activities. At any point in time, some stuff's working really well, some stuff's okay, and some stuff stops off track. We just need to make sure that the idea that everything will be working perfectly all the time is never going to happen. I've never achieved it anyway, uh, and we need to make sure that more of the good stuff is offsetting you know some of the headwinds. Do you think almost as, as a society, though, that we seem to, um, you know, be dividing into into camps like take Brexit, for example? I don't know anyone that's changed their mind on Brexit ever since the referendum was called and it's still dragging on. Is that something that um, that, that troubles you as a, as a business operator, the uncertainty? Or is it, is it that in the globalised environment, that's just one territory, albeit an important one? I think it's one of the challenges, certainly, that, uh, that our generation is dealing with. You know, I think... Um, the nature of a lot of um, sort of social media connectivity, uh, unfortunately, I think, is things get can get very, very negative very quickly. And I think that's a real shame, actually. And I think sometimes people confuse the news and just facts um, too much with, with, with hyperbole perspective. Um, their theories on, on something which get portrayed as facts. Yes, yeah, Sky and the BBC are part of the conspiracy and Correct. all this nonsense. Yeah. So um, there's no easy answer to that, I don't, I don't think. I think certainly as we, as we think and talk about you know, res- internet responsibility, uh, either, either you know, the responsibility we'll show as a, as a, as a, as a business, but what we see in, in some of the social media giants, huge businesses now, you know, there needs to be a change. Uh, because it can become corrosive to you know the, the things that glue society together, and it's it's important I think also to remember that what you know, what we do, the media is, is is so closely aligned to culture, the fabrics of society, that the you know these things start to go wrong. They're not easy to fix. So um, you know we have to be responsible. You know we have to think very very responsibly if we're running businesses about what's the right thing to do. Um, and and not getting overly aggressive and negative in too many areas. I mean, I I see uh, someone like Kay Burley, who's an amazing, very accomplished journalist, doing a fantastic job at Sky, who just gets a, a volley of horrendous abuse on Twitter every day, you know, misogynist, conspiracy theories, just downright horribleness. Mm. That would frustrate me as her employer, because there's not a lot you can do about it. You don't own Twitter, you're not on the board. How can you deal with that? Or is that just, is it that on-screen journalists now just have to accept that the toxicity of social media is, is a price worth paying at the moment? If they're to carry on doing their job and not be silent, surely. Look, I, I think I think right now it is a it is a price, and it, and it's a it's a it's a, I agree with you. It's a terrible price. Some of the things people say are just it's horrendous. It's awful, really. I mean, really awful. Not acceptable. And I think you know we need to see uh, the 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 social media giants do more. It's just you know, it, it seems to me you know, you know uh, let's take something Sky does. You know, the cost of football. The cost of football has has grown enormously. Uh, over the last few the last few years, now you know we chose to be in football. Nobody forced us to do that. That was our strategic choice, and so you're never going to find me complaining about that. All right, a lot of the you know whether it's Twitter or Facebook or or whatever they've chosen to be in their business. So I think they have to accept the costs that go with that of acting responsibly, and I think they've been too slow to do so in too many areas. Um, now, in, in terms of my colleagues and whether it's Kay or anybody else, you know, our job is to support them. Fortunately, we've got some incredible journalists. Uh, Kay is a brilliant example of that. You know, She's extremely Sky. robust, extremely strong. strong. It, yeah. I imagine it's water off a duck's back. She shouldn't have to endure it, of course, for one second. But I, she's clearly a credit to Sky News. Correct. And you know, the way she goes about 
her job is it's just a brilliant example i think of of hopefully what sky's about what our journalism stands for what some of our, our well-known faces stand for uh, what an empowered woman stands for uh, so 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 really our job is just to help her and support her but fortunately with Kay she doesn't need much help she's she's very very accomplished a mischievous question now which you you'll be well within your rights not to answer but what mistakes have you made along the way the Americans would call them teaching moments wouldn't they hmm. I think um you, you know there's no no sort of big big mis- mistake you know fortunately that uh, that I've made but you make lots of small ones uh, along the way um Broadly, I think, you know, when I've not followed my intuition and I've not listened to that voice in my head that says you're not sure about that or, or do that, and, and I've, I've perhaps been too swayed by perhaps the sort of immediacy or the logic or perhaps a short-term decision. And sometimes I think, in, you know, it's easy to take a short-term decision, slightly harder to take a longer-term decision. Um, so so there would be a set of things there, I think, um, where I didn't really follow my uh, my gut instinct as much as I should have done. Um, and then I think the second thing, only really, I, I might look back at some of the things we've done that have been successful and wish I'd pushed harder earlier. You know, and, and experience, I think, uh, brings with you the, the, the sort of confidence to do that. But when you're early into role, perhaps, or you're, you're, you're not quite so sure, you tend to be a little bit a little bit more cautious. Um, other than that, there's not been any, as I say, uh, hu- huge things. That, you know, in the business, we, we try and uh, you know, we capture those things and, and talk about them because they can be very powerful things for other people to, uh, to hear and to learn about. Uh, and there'll be many more, I'm sure. You know, there'll be many more down, uh, down the road. But I don't get too bothered by that. You know, that's, that's, just, that's just part of life. Final question then, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be written on your gravestone? Spike Milligan always said, uh, on his gravestone, it says, I told you I was ill. <laughs> I think, um, look, I, I, think, I think a business that continues to go on be successful, first and foremost. You know, it would, nothing would frustrate me more if the business stumbles. So a business that goes on and, uh, and is successful. And, as, and, and two things, I think, really flow from that. Um, first of all, uh, uh, an environment and a culture where people, you, you know, they sort of rip it up and start again. I mean, build it, make it better. That There's never any sort of attachment that can't be changed because I think it's so important that we renew the whole time. And I hope this idea of permanent renewal is now deeply embedded uh, in the business. And then secondly, you know, a business that's, as I said earlier, is a, is a good business, you know, that understands that well-funded national infrastructure is important and therefore it's important that we pay our taxes. It's important that we create opportunity for uh, you know, all people. It's important that uh, we have got a very open culture and environment. I mean, these are the things for me that, that Sky has been built upon and I, I really hope they would continue uh, and, and, and the business 10, 15, 20 years, whenever it is from now, uh, is bigger, better, but a, a more contributing business to the communities in which... It thrives. And what's next for you, might I mischievously ask? Last question. Well, to, I've got a busy day today. <laughs> loads, <laughs> I'll be well loads answered. to do at Sky. And, uh, you know, just really enjoying that, focused on that. Uh, Don't fancy and, entering politics, becoming Prime Minister, and sorting uh, out the country. Uh, I think we can say quite conclusively that will not happen. Well, Jeremy, thank you ever so much for your time. It's been hugely enjoyable, and I've learned a lot. It's lovely. It's been very nice to speak to you. Thank you. A Right Angles podcast in association with Big Things Media.